Merry Christmas and welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Today, our gift to you is answering your questions. It's another special holiday edition of Ask the Guys today on the Real Estate Guys radio program. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 85,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash real estate guys. This is Russell Gray, co-host of the Real Estate Guys radio show. There's an old proverb that says, without a vision, the people perish. I often say that when you have clarity of vision, strategy and tactics become evident. There are just too many external variables to simply follow a script. That's why there's no magic formula. It's way more personal than that. So while planning is important, developing a clear vision is absolutely critical. And while it sounds simple, it takes time and focused attention. To help you start off the new year with empowering clarity, I encourage you to attend Creating Your Future, the 2012 Goals Retreat. In this two and a half day workshop, Robert Helms will guide you through a powerful series of exercises in self-discovery and goal setting. And when you leave, you'll feel energized, empowered, clear, and focused, ready to make your dreams come true in 2012. The workshop takes place January 6th, 7th, and 8th in beautiful Aptos, California on the Monterey Bay. To enroll today, go to realestateguysradio.com and look under the Events tab for Creating Your Future, the 2012 Goals Retreat. Use the first weekend in January to lay the foundation for your most satisfying year ever. Go to the Events tab at realestateguysradio.com and enroll in Creating Your Future because your future is now. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. It is the most wonderful time of the year. In fact, our show is broadcasting on Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas to you, wherever you are in the world, and really whatever you celebrate. Let's all come together this holiday season. It's been an interesting year, 2011, and we are looking forward to 2012. And today, you are our guest. It's Ask the Guys. First, let's meet the guys in the studio, our co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. And uh, the Santa of real estate, uh, Bob Helms, is with us. Merry Christmas. Yes, indeed. Ho, ho, ho. So we've got a little section on our website at realestateguysradio.com that says Ask the Guys. And a lot of you are doing this, apparently, because uh, Russ has just forwarded about 700 emails from our <laughs> listeners asking us questions. Uh, and we're going to do our best to answer as many as we can today. So here's the deal. Uh, we don't promise to answer uh, any every question that comes in. We'll do our best to answer the ones that do. And we are not tax advisors or accountants. So we're just giving you ideas ideas and information, not advice. So a couple of people actually said, you know, what advice do you have? My advice is to go sit down with the professional and get some advice, right? right? We're not, that's not our job, but we do have some ideas and some strategies and maybe some food for thought, if you will. So uh, let's just get right to it. Ask the guys our first, uh, this is an interesting one. First one is from Santos and uh, he says, uh, yes, I would like to know uh, much more on what to look for uh, and maybe I can get some help. I was one of the many people that lost my home and a rental property and I want to get back to learn the right way to invest and 
Can I do that with my bad credit and no money? Is it even possible? All right, uh, Santos. Uh, You know, that's the thing, is a lot of folks have been hit hard in the last couple of years. And I think uh, the reason I want to start with this question is that a lot of people are in this position. Maybe they lost a house. Maybe they lost a rental property or two. We certainly know a lot of folks who have been through that in the past few years, and many of us have been through that uh, in the past few years. It's been a challenging time. Uh, But it doesn't mean you can't start over. This is the great time of year to think about the new year and starting over. So Absolutely, you can start, and believe it or not, you can invest in real estate with, this will sound like late night TV, but with no (laughs) money and uh, with no ability to qualify for a mortgage. Now, I'll tell you what, it's a lot more work. It is a lot more work, but you know the question you have to ask yourself is it is it worth it, and what are my choices? It's yep. a lot of work to be poor too. So yeah, um, I think that the you know you look at your seven essential uh, investor resources we talk about all the time, and most people focus on the four financials: cash, cash flow, equity, and credit. Well, I don't have any of those things. What can I do? Well, then you have to leverage the other three, which are time, talent, and relationships. Yep. And the big thing is you have to understand that, that in order to get something from the marketplace, you have to give something to it. If you go out to the marketplace and, and, and demand it to give you something for nothing, then that does not work in, in a capitalistic environment. You, know, you're not, you don't deserve to make money if you don't add service or add value to the world. So the first thing in your mindset is to look at the problems that are out there and go, wow, there's a lot of problems out there. Somebody out there has money and they have a problem. And if I can solve that problem, then I can earn some of that money. Somebody out there has credit. Well, if I can find it, but they also have a problem. If I can figure out what their problem is and then find a way to, to deliver that, maybe they would be willing to share their credit with me. You know, and you can go on and on through the process. I mean, one of the classic things is somebody's got a home out there in a slow market or a property in a slow market. They can't sell it. That's a problem. They're hemorrhaging cash flow. They've got to move. They've you know lost their job, whatever. They've got the property. They can't sell it. And they're thinking, man, I've got a problem. Well, maybe you come in and say, hey, you know what? I've got, I've got time to manage this property. I will go find us a tenant or I will sign a lease, a master lease, and then I give me the right to sublease it and I'll go find a tenant and then I'll put a purchase option on that. And then down the road, when I feel like I can organize private capital or get my credit repaired or do whatever, and I'm in a position to buy, I will have the property tied up. I mean, this is one of a bajillion creative strategies you can use to solve a problem. So let's look at the two things you talked about, having no money and no credit. Those are two different problems and they're both problems. Let's first talk about the money. Lots of ways to go find credit partners, to find sellers who can will finance, to find a don't wanter of real estate that's going to make it possible for you to buy with very little or no money down. So that's possible today. You can't go buy the traditional house where you need a 20% down payment. You got to come up with another way. You could certainly partner with someone who's in a different credit position than you are, someone who's too busy working and earning that money to be bothered with all the heavy lifting it takes, the things Russ was talking about. That's a great possibility. The other is to look for deals that are not necessarily cash deals. And again, by adding value. So there's ways you can do that. I'll give an example. So last week, we had uh, our tour of the of the United States. We had eight different uh, real estate professionals and, and lots of different, not just all uh, brokers, but we had a, you know, a property manager and a lender and a contractor and people in their own account. All these people that came together to tell us what was going on in their marketplaces. A couple of those marketplaces, the rents make so much sense for the cash flow and the prices are low, right? So let's take a a couple of the markets where you can buy a very decent house for $60,000 that's going to rent somewhere between $800 and $1,000 a month. 
Those numbers work really, really well. If you went to the trouble to find those locations, figure out that inventory, get that stuff figured out and really have a plan, you wouldn't take long to go out and find probably just in your neighborhood or you know through your Christmas card list some folks to raise that kind of money. So would it be fair, for example, to go to four people and say, you each put in $15,000, I'll put in all my time and effort and research and we'll split the thing five ways. And really what they're going to be looking at is how much money do I put in and what I get out. And if that number makes sense and they trust you and your business plan makes sense, they may take it. Because, you know, last time I looked, there's a lot of investments that aren't paying real well right now. Now, having said that, this is an area you've got to be super careful in because of securities laws. So if you're going to go put together a group of people to do anything, even a simple two-person partnership, you have to have it vetted. As soon as we say you go talk to an attorney, it's like, well, the dollars are going up. Yes, but a lot of great attorneys provide information and resources and reports that you can read ahead of time that will save you lots and lots of money at $300 an hour sitting across the table. So you want to get it checked out, but if you have somebody in your world, and you probably do, who has the opposite problem that you do, they've got, they don't know what to do with their money, and they're very scared about where to put it today, so they need somebody they can trust, and they understand real estate is a tangible asset, you might have the go-forward possibility. Another possibility is to be a bird dogger, someone who's out chasing deals for other people. And what you need is talent. You've got time, you've got talent, you've got relationships as the three non-financial elements. How do you use them? If you don't already have the necessary talent, then invest your time in getting it. Because the way you're going to become a person that is trusted and who brings the right stuff to the table is to be knowledgeable. So use your time to get the talent and then work on the relationships. And here's a great thing about relationships. Who do you know? One of the most profitable things you can do in your life is to be a connector of people. Right. When you connect people who don't know each other but have common needs or or have interest and have corresponding needs like we're talking about, you can I mean people will pay you tons to be the person that connects. And so in certain parts of the real estate uh world that's regulated. So for instance, I can't earn a referral fee from a licensed realtor unless I'm licensed. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just for the right reasons, connecting people and being a connector. If you're out there networking and you're meeting people and you meet an interesting guy at a, at a real estate uh, you know, talk and you go, oh, I know a guy that would, needs to meet this guy. Put those people together. And when you do, good things will happen. Absolutely. It's a matter of mentality and, and attitude. Again, when we have problems, we can't always change the circumstances, but we can definitely change our attitude and what it takes for us to prepare to play, to participate, to get in the game. You know, Bob, this is huge because this very question is all about attitude. I'll tell you what, a lot of people who lost their house on a rental property have thrown up their hands and said, I tried real estate, it doesn't work, forget that. Your attitude determines your altitude. Right. If you get back on the horse, it's amazing what can be accomplished today. And there's less competition, and there's certainly less credit-worthy competition. And if you li listen to last, last week's show, two of the markets that we uh, highlighted last week are big percentages of cash buyers. And you know what? Those were two of the most expensive markets we looked at. So, I mean, when when you know Jurgen Weller from Silicon Valley said that 
40% of the buyers in the Bay Area, house prices of 400000 to a million were cash. That shocked me. That shocked me. That means there's people with cash. And if you're not one of them, go find someone who is. Well, yeah, you know, you talked about being a connector. You know, Deborah, when she was talking about what they're doing in South Florida, and of course, we got a chance to go down there and speak at their International Congress year before last, and they have really learned how to reach out to the world and promote uh, their South Florida marketplace. And because of that, when people are interested in U.S. real estate, they come through that gate. And now, of course, there's some appeal for that. But the point is, is that there are people out there who have things that they want and need. And y- your point, Robert, about networking, you know, you don't lead with your need. Don't ever lead with your need. And, right. and talk a lot less than you're listening. What you're going to do is ask questions. So tell me about your business. Tell me about your investing. And it, you know, what are your biggest opportunities? What are your biggest challenges? You master three or four questions like that and let people all talk. And then all you're doing is you're listening to what they say to think, man, if I can find an answer. Well, even if you don't have the answer right at that moment, you know, you make a mental note and then you run around and you go try to find the answer and then you bring the answer back. And then also you've added value. This person's like, wow, this person cares about me. And then you never know where that's going to go. You know, when you don't have any money, but you have time, the thing to do is to get educated. I think that's going to be a recurring theme today, but go get really educated on a particular segment of the market or a particular type of property. Now you've got huge value to add. And part of that education is connecting people. You don't have to know everything. Just know the guy that does. Go meet the top broker in your area. Go meet the smartest property manager in your area. Go meet one of the most connected real estate investors in your area. And just hang around. It's amazing what you can do. So Santos, absolutely you can do it. And we want to hear evidence of your success by this time next year. All right, our next one comes from Umesh. And Umesh says... I am a fan of Robert Kiyosaki's, and I was enlightened by him as to the financial world by his writings and videos. I have a big question. Uh, when rental properties are so expensive and the rent it generates is not, then how is any possible cash flow possible? Can it be? It seems it's impossible from day one. That's the case in the market where I am. I need help, and I, I like to learn many things, and I don't mind buying some books or tapes for a nominal sum. All right, well, we have no books or tapes to sell you. We have one book to sell you. It's 30 bucks. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk about this thing because this is huge. What if the numbers don't work and how do you get into markets where they do? Right. Today, it's Ask the Guys, your questions to the Real Estate Guys and our best job of answering them more when we come back on our Christmas edition of the Real Estate Guys radio program. Hi, this is Kendra Todd, winner of The Apprentice, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Live where you want to live, but invest where the numbers make sense. Even better, invest where you have a solid team to support you. We've been hearing great things about Memphis, Tennessee, and Terry Kerr from Mid-South Homebuyers. Since 2002, Terry and his team have been delivering turnkey rental property solutions ideal for out-of-area real estate investors. So if you're looking for affordable, trouble-free, turnkey investment property, call Terry. Use our resource hotline at 888-510-6838, extension 118. That's 888-510-6838, extension 118. Or find them in the resources area of our website at realestateguysradio.com. The Real Estate Guys podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 85,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of The Real Estate Guys, Audible's offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. You might try No Excuses, The Power of Self-Discipline for Success in Your Life by Brian Tracy. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash real estate guys. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash real estate guys. 
Hi, this is Peter Schiff, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Hey, thanks, Peter. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Ho, ho, ho. It's Ask the Guys, our chance to uh, answer your great questions. And we just uh, were talking about a question from Umesh. Umesh hails from India and says, the market that I'm in, uh, the rent, uh, it doesn't anywhere near cash flow with the price of the property. All right. Well, let's talk about that. Depending on, again, I would refer you back to last week's show because it was just fun hearing about different price points. But uh, we, we looked at the market last week where you could buy a house for $42,000 that rents for $625 a month. Those numbers work. Another marketplace, house you can buy for $65,000, rents for $1,000 a month. That works, right? Those numbers work. Then you look at a, a high-end marketplace, New York City, for instance. You might have to pay a million dollars for an apartment building that's going to rent for $3,200. So that those numbers just don't don't work, and this really comes down to something called gross rent multiplier, which is figuring out the percentage. It's not really a percentage; it's a number that gives us the relationship of the income on a annual basis to what the value is. And the lower that number is, the better cash flow there is for the same price. And so the way that equates, the real simple way to think about it is what percentage of the monthly rent, how does that compare to the to the asking price? Let's say we have a house that sells for $100,000 or a property for $100,000 somewhere. If I can get $1,000 a month, that's 1% of the purchase price per month. So that is going to, anything that's in that range is likely to be able to cash flow with 20% down. At today's interest rates. At today's interest rates. Now that's a big generality. So if I looked in some marketplaces, I see a $100,000 property that I can only get $400 for every month. Another $100,000 property in another marketplace, I might get $1,600 a month. So what you have to do is live where you want to live but invest where the numbers make sense. If you're investing for cash flow, and from this email, it sounds like cash flow is important. You're looking for positive cash flow. You've got to find a market where the numbers work. You can't manufacture that out of a market just because you live there, right? Living in a marketplace gives you some advantages, local knowledge and the ability to go see it and check out uh, resources from local uh, agencies and land sellers and so forth. But if your market doesn't have numbers that work, move somewhere else or go somewhere else. Yeah, historically, we've been in the rental market business forever. We as a family, we as in our businesses. And when we started, it was all in California. Most of you know, California is a pretty high price place. So those formula don't work very well. They work well after you've owned the property long enough to have a, a big piece of equity so that you're not paying for financing. But how do you get from that starting point to there? Well, you got to be lucky. You got to have a little excess. So what's the point of my story? Simply that over the years, we have changed what we do and where we invest, because guess what? The numbers are better many, many other places. So you think that you want to be around your neighborhood. That's convenient. It's easy. It's easy to get connections and get the information. But if the numbers don't work, then you've got to get a new formula or Go to a place where the numbers do work. Now, this also relates to what we call personal investment philosophy, which is how comfortable are you in investing near where you live versus does it have to be further away? We're worldwide, worldwide investors in this room, right? We invest in lots of different places because it's a big old world. Some people, that's beyond their comfort zone. So you got to just check in and see, are you comfortable with travel and with long distance uh, management and those kind of things? If you are, there are great opportunities outside of your marketplace. Well, if you're not, then that it opens up a different situation because even in this within the state, 
state of California or other high-priced areas, there's places, there's pockets, there's property types that work better than others. And so you really want to understand what that is. But let's make the assumption that you are willing to go elsewhere and look elsewhere, which I think is a great thing to do. You know, you wouldn't choose your stock portfolio based on where the company's located. You pick it based on the sector, the management, you know, the profits on the company and all that kind of thing. Not that I'm advocating stocks, but a lot of the principles that we use in paper asset investing apply directly to real estate. People just don't think of it that way. But in this particular case, you know, if you're in a marketplace that is expensive like this, then other people who are in that marketplace have exactly the same problem. And yet they instinctively like real estate because they're like, wow, real estate does well. Real estate's expensive. Yes. You know, what you see all the time is people from high price markets will move into low price markets and purchase because they can see the value, they can see the numbers. And then what you do is you look for things in those markets that say, could this market change from being a cash flow market you know, I can buy in when it's a cash flow market, but it could turn into one of these really expensive markets, except it happens when I'm an owner instead of when I'm a wannabe buyer. And that just comes down to understanding what makes markets tick and understanding how to compare market A to market B. That's why last week's show is just so Well, and, and speaking of that, so people go, well, I don't understand. If you can't get positive cash flow, why would anybody buy? Well, one of the markets we looked at last week was Washington, D.C. And what we learned from Beth was that year over year, her sub-market had gone up 7%, or just over 7%. Value of the property, 7%. So if I had bought that property with 25% down and... I just bought it with 25% down, got a loan for 75%, and a year later, it's worth 7% more. I just made 28% leveraged on my return. So cash flow doesn't have to be every single month. We like real estate because one of the great ways to invest is to put a tenant in and just have them pay you and pay you and pay you. We love that monthly cash flow, but it is not the only way to invest. Well, I mean, clearly that's what a developer does. That's what a fix and flipper does. I mean, somebody who fixes a property, I mean, the key is you have to add value. You have to either provide a management service or you provide a, a, a product for a, a customer to live in and then you are able to collect rents for doing that or you buy something that needs help and you add value to it some way. I mean, Ken McElroy does that with apartment buildings. He buys things that are not managed well and he manages them better, brings the income up, which makes the value come up, pulls the equity back out either through a sale or an exchange or a, a refinance and then moves on to the next deal. So he definitely invests for equity, but he holds for cash flow. All right. So this is uh, really what it comes down to, and it's a great, great question, is that are, if the numbers don't work, then that's probably not a market that makes sense for a cash flow investor. You have to match your strategy. And if your strategy is, I need positive cash flow, you're not going to go to a market where the numbers aren't going to work. So the good news is across this great world of ours, there are markets in lots of different countries where the numbers do work today. Your mission as a real estate investor, if you're a positive cash flow real estate investor, is to find those markets. And certainly we love to help. We usually go on field trips every quarter, and those are often to those kinds of marketplaces uh, nationally and internationally. So great uh, question and good luck to you uh, in your beautiful part of the world. All right. Our next question comes from Jim and Jim says this is a pretty simple question. If you put a down payment on a property and you can't close due to the numbers not working and the clause was in the agreement, do you lose the down payment? All right. So that's a good question. When we talk about a down payment, there's two parts of it. There's the earnest money deposit, the initial money that you would put down typically when you have an accepted offer. So Bob has a property he's selling for half a million dollars. I say, Bob, I'm going to put 20% down, 100 grand, and then I'm going to get a loan for 400,000. But I don't give you the 100 grand, or I wouldn't give it to Bob, I'd give it to the escrow or title company or lawyer, depending on what area of the country or the world you're in. Uh, I'm going to put that up, and, and then when we close, I'm going to bring in the loan proceeds, and now you're going to have the money, and I'm going to have the 
property. But before I bring in the hundred grand, I'm probably going to make an earnest money deposit. It might be as low as $2,000. It might be $25,000. It's part of the money. That money can be at risk, but it completely depends on the contract. In most cases, when you have a deposit on a property and for some reason a contingency in the contract like the numbers or inspections or disclosures, you probably get back your deposit money. That's the way that most contracts are usually written. And the practice of how much you put down will vary from area to area. It's pretty common in areas that I've seen to have maybe a 3% maximum earnest money. And if you put down more than that, like we often do to look strong and convince the seller that we are ready to go, Mr. Seller, you probably exclude everything above 3%. It's never at risk. And the 3% isn't at risk if you're careful. And, and it really it depends on, on what those contingencies are. So in this case, what he's saying is I can't close because of the numbers. All right. If, if you have a contingency on financing and the numbers you're talking about mean that the lender won't make the loan based on the numbers, you could probably get out of that. If you have released those contingencies or buy without contingencies and now you run the numbers and it doesn't work, you probably just can't back out. So a lot more ways for buyers to back out of a deal legitimately and get their money back in for sellers. Very hard for a seller once they've signed to back out without you know some substantial reasons. But for a buyer, you're going to have contingencies. One of the most important things to work with your legal and real estate professionals is to make sure you understand what are those contingencies. Typically an inspection period for non-owner occupied property, rental property. When Kenny goes and buys a 210-unit apartment building, he doesn't go through every unit before he has it in contract. Why would you bother all the tenants? Nobody's going to, right? So they, we typically write an offer subject to inspection. That's the first contingency. So I make the offer based on the numbers I see, based on the way it looks in the neighborhood and the drivers, and then I do my walkthrough, and it's terrible. I back out, no harm, no foul, I get my money back. But there are certain contracts where you're releasing money at the beginning. So the big thing is to read and understand the contract. And if you can't understand it, get some legal help, pay a few dollars to an attorney to say, what's my exposure here? Absolutely. I mean, that's the most important thing. It always comes down to really what does the contract say and what are your rights under that contract? And you don't want to rely upon anybody who isn't qualified to give you an opinion you can depend on. But you know, when you come to this thing, I mean, this could be, I'm going to assume this is an income property, right? So the first thing is, is you're going to rely upon what the seller provides you, which we call a pro forma. Yep. And that usually comes through your, your, your agent's going to hand that to you and you're going to look at it. And based on those numbers, you're going to decide, hey, if these numbers are as represented, then it's a go. Well, okay, so you put that in your deal, right? Now, if you actually start getting the evidence of what the numbers are, you're examining the rent rolls and you're doing all your due diligence, and that's really the first contingency period, that due diligence period, you have to know what you're doing, and as long as you're operating within the scope of the contract, you should never write a contract that doesn't give you an opportunity to do that type of due diligence, uh, then then you're probably going to be fine. I mean, you know, so the thing is, the question is, don't get into a deal if the numbers don't make sense on the front end, and if they do make sense, and all you're looking is for validation that they're real, and and then make sure, again, that you understand exactly what the contract says and what your rights are and stay within the agreement. All right. Good question. Our next question comes from Mark. He says, you guys are awesome. By the way. I like this guy already. If you want to have your question read, just a little <laughs> bit of advice. That's a great start. Love the start today. You guys are awesome. Well, you too, Mark. I was wondering how to use my 401k, and is it the same as an IRA? 
All right, so a 401k is a retirement plan, and so is an IRA, but they're not the same. Again, we're not tax advisors, we're not attorneys, we don't work in the retirement space, but we know a lot about this. Yeah, so just the nickel tour on this, and there's tons of free education out there, but if you have a 401k, it's usually put together by an employer, and that employer has a, uh, I can't remember if it's called a chart or whatever it is, but the way the thing is set up, it's allowed to invest in certain things and not in certain things, and they have a lot of flexibility, but they get sold by people who have an agenda, and most of it gets pushed into stocks, mutual funds, annuities, things like that. When you quit, typically you have the right to roll that into a self-directed individual retirement account. Now, if you own your own company, you can set your own 401k up any way you want. The key is, is once you have it where it's self-directed, that's really the word, self-directed. Now you have the right to direct what type of investments you're interested in and anything that is eligible under the law, which is everything except about seven or eight things the IRS defines, you can do within your IRA. So yeah, there's a lot of flexibility if you have control over the 401k. There is a report about the checkbook IRA on our website at realestateguysradio.com. Look for special reports and you can learn more there about investing with your retirement account, one of the great unknown or lesser known tools when it comes to real estate investing. Today, you're our guest. It's Ask the Guys and we can back more questions from you. Plus, we'll play Real Estate Trivia Christmas Edition from the Real Estate Guys when we come back. Hi, I'm Robert Kiyosaki, and I encourage you to listen to those wild and crazy real estate guys. They're the best, been working for years, and they know what they're talking about. Are you ready to take your real estate investing to a whole new level? Imagine spending an entire week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Join the Real Estate Guys for the 10th Annual Investor Summit. It's part education, part inspiration, part transformation, and a whole lot of fun. And it takes place in four different countries. Returning this year are Rich Dad Advisors Ken McElroy and Wayne Palmer, international developer Beth Clifford, attorney Mauricio Rauld, and the godfather of real estate, Bob Helms. Plus, joining us for the first time, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki, live and in person. It all begins March 30th, 2012 in Orlando. Visit realestateguysradio.com and click on the tab that says Summit to learn more. The Investor Summit always sells out, so reserve your spot today. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit or call 888-GUYS-RADIO to talk with our Summit Specialist. That's 888-489-7723. 888-GUYS-RADIO. Spend a week with the Real Estate Guys, the Kiyosakis, and an all-star faculty on the 10th Annual Investor Summit. Hi, this is Kim Kiyosaki. I'm the author of Rich Woman, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. And welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. If you would like to meet and hang out with beautiful Kim Kiyosaki for a week plus, then come on the 10th Annual Investor Summit at Sea. The Real Estate Guys uh, hit the high seas in uh, March and April of next year. And uh, coming with us for the first time, Robert and Kim Kiyosaki. We're super excited about that. Well, give yourself a late Christmas present and, and come on the summit. Still cabins available. So uh, check it out on our site, realestateguysradio.com, and click on the button that says Summit. Today, it's the button that says Ask the Guys. If you have a real estate question, we'd love to hear it. We're asking a lot of questions before uh, or answering a lot of questions. Before we get back to it, it's time to play Real Estate Trivia. This is your chance to win a prize, and that prize is an autographed copy of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, our five-star on Amazon-rated book on real estate investing. And uh, you can have a copy of that autographed by the authors if you are the correct 
guesser for today's trivia question. We're going to give away two copies, actually. One goes to the first person that gets the answer right, typically someone listening on the radio. And if that's you on Christmas Day, Merry Christmas to you. The second one, I take all the correct guesses, whether you're listening on the radio or the podcast or on iTunes, and then we have a drawing from the folks who are correct. And sometimes it's just one other person, and sometimes it's 30 people. It just depends. And uh, then if there's a second winner, they get an autographed copy of the book as well. So when you hear the question and know the answer or want to take a guess, just send it to us to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Trivia at realestateguysradio.com. And that uh, is how we play real estate uh, trivia. Last week, we did our uh, How's the Market show, our uh, regional roundup, if you will. Lots of folks uh, from across the country uh, chiming in. And we asked this, which U.S. state produces the most Christmas trees? And the answer, I think you guessed, Bob. I think I guessed Washington, but it was Washington or Oregon. It's Oregon. Oregon, Oregon. Uh, is number yeah. one. Nine million uh, trees a year, followed by North Carolina. So uh, there you go. And then Washington is tied in third with, with Michigan somewhere in the four million tree range. So uh, there you go. Uh, here's our uh, trivia question for this week. Russ's favorite Christmas movie of all time is called It's a Wonderful Life. Isn't that a great movie? It's my favorite movie of all time of any kind. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. And it's if you haven't seen it this holiday season, it's time to. Here's what I want to know. Where does it take place geographically? I know. Where, oh, of course you know. <laughs> Where does it take place? It's a wonderful life. If you know or if you want to take a guess, quickly send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. And you'll be the proud owner of Equity Happens, building lifelong wealth with real estate autographed if you are first or if your name is drawn from the pile. So uh, where uh, was that uh, movie? The the physical location, the, the real estate surrounding It's a Wonderful Life. It's Ask the Guys today, and we got lots of great questions. We, we love our listeners. I, we were just talking on the break about how when we first started, we had to beg and plead for phone calls and, and letters. We used to take a lot of live calls, and, uh, and now they just come in every day, and it's just awesome. This is from... Isaac. Isaac says, hi, I have a mortgage for my condo in Colorado, and I found a company that'll do a loan audit to see if there might be fraud in my mortgage. According to them, there's a very good chance that there is. What's your opinion on this matter? I would very much appreciate it. Thank you, Isaac. Well, this is a great question, Isaac. Today, we're discovering, and you're hearing in the news every day, about all the wrongdoings of the robo-signing and the banks and all that, and MERS and all that interesting, interesting stuff, the fallout of uh, what's happened in the financial crisis. And one of the services people offer is what they call a forensic loan audit, the ability to go through your loan documents and looking for indications that there might be fraud. Yeah, I mean, the whole concept of mortgage or the whole business of mortgage origination is highly regulated and even more so now going forward uh, as a result of a lot of the fraud that was going on. And so there are a lot of things that went on during that time, some of which are just innocent paperwork mistakes, but nonetheless, they are uh, incorrect. And so you may have a situation where there's four or five or six or 10 or in some cases, 20 different items that should have been done a certain way in your documentation that isn't done properly. And that gives you leverage now in your negotiations with the lender. You go to the lender and you say, hey, look, I have all these things I can fight you on and you have are going to have to defend it. So you have a choice. You could discount my mortgage by that or you could fight and spend all the money with lawyers and you still may end up losing. Uh, you're definitely going to have to have a litigation attorney involved. And so a lot of times these loan audits are the first 
part of a process of an upsell into a retainer or uh, an agreement with a, a litigator who's actually going to go in and begin the negotiation, and then if they can't get that to happen, they're going to actually file the litigation. So you have to really ask yourself, are you willing to go through all that? Because there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. You know, This, so this is huge. Let me stop you there, because these t typically could be 300 to $700 for the loan audit. That's just the first part. If it comes back positive like they often do, now you're going to be prepared to spend thousands of dollars, and it may be completely worth it. We've definitely seen some people have some success with this, but just understand what you're getting into. Yeah, I think for the most part, they'll call your bluff. You know, if, if you call them up on your own and go, hey, look, I'm Joe Blow Consumer, and I just had, and I recognize you got, you know, four or five or six, and I'm do-it-yourself lawyer guy, they're going to call your bluff. They're going to say, take your best shot. Probably, yep. I, you know, so, I, you know, but if you have a, an experienced litigator, a professional attorney contact them, they're like, oh man, this guy's serious. We're in for a fight. You probably have a better chance. When loan modifications started, you used to have to write a big old check and it was just the luck of the draw. I like the fact that now up front, you get an idea of what your chances are, which is what this is. Make sure you get a reputable company. There's a lot of folks who are out there farming this business off at $18 an hour and then charging you 500 I would ask anybody who's offering to do a loan audit for referrals to satisfied customers. Now, keep in mind, this is very private information. Would you want somebody calling you if you had been through this process? Maybe not. But but I would ask anyway, because somebody is a raving fan, and if they're doing a good job, you want to talk to that person. Well, yeah, I, there's a guy out there named Martin Andelman who we've had on the show a couple of times. And if you go to our website and the resources section, we have what we call a distressed borrower help center. And there's free reports. There are past shows we've done with various experts on all different types of topics. And uh, so, you know, uh, listening to the shows is important because, again, just figuring out what it is you want to get out of it. And then the other part of it is what happens on the, on the other side with the trustee, because the trustee and the foreclosure process is a lot different than trying to get leverage on the lender and trying to get a loan modification. So get your mind around all of that. Uh, but there's a lot of resources there for you that I think you'll find helpful. All right. Thanks for uh, your Ask the Guys. This is an interesting one. In addition to just loving our listeners, we love the fact that they come from all over the world. So we had uh, a listener from India earlier. This is, and I apologize in advance if I don't say your name correctly, Montlanian. And Montlanian comes from Botswana. And here's uh, his question. I'm going to assume it's a him. So if you're a her, my apologies. I've been buying uh, listed stocks from the Botswana Stock Exchange, Botswana Stock Exchange, and now I want to venture into real estate. What's the best way to do that and how do I get started? So obviously we don't know much about the Botswana Stock Exchange. We know that the country is in the middle of Africa, uh, interior part in fact, and uh, borders South Africa, but don't know much about the real estate there. I've never been there, but here's what we do know. If you're a stock investor, you've been investing in stocks, equities as they're sometimes called, that has a certain mindset and a certain protocol. If you're now recognizing that real estate might be a way to invest, and we think it is for lots of reasons, but understand we are the real estate guys, not right. the stock guys, right? Then uh, there are some definite things you can do to get started. Number one, get educated on real estate. Yeah, and there's so many ways to do this. You can buy individual properties. You can buy into group ownerships. You can buy into real estate investment trusts in which you own a piece of it. Somebody else manages it and takes care of it. It's, it's a wide, wide arena. So the first thing you got to do is figure out 
Where do I want to play? That, you know, that's not a good point, Bob, because think about think of like stocks work. I can be the guy that's out doing all my own research and reading company reports and buying in my account individual stocks where I can go, you know what, who has that kind of time? I'm just going to pick a well-diversified mutual fund. Now, we're not big mutual funds guys, right? We think a little effort goes a, goes a long way and you can find one of big stock guys, even though we have some stock. That's not our primary thing. But when it comes to real estate, you have to decide who you are, first of all. Yeah, I for sure you have to decide. It always comes down to that. I mean, your whole life should be designed that way if you think about it. I mean, you know, what do you want to do for a living? Where do you want to live? Who do you want to spend your time with? I mean, you know, and it's certainly when it boils down to your funding, your financial life, it's about, hey, what do I want my investments to do for me and, and all of that. So, yeah, for sure you start with that. So, but you know, education, you definitely got to start with education. And part of that is your networking, get around people who are playing the game, people who are in it in your area, they will know the market, they will know where the opportunities are. And to the point we made uh, for an earlier uh, question is if you can't find what you're looking for in your area, then expand your horizons because there's lots of great places around the world to invest. uh, And it's easier than ever to find out where those places are and to get connected and get involved in that. So again, we don't know that much about your particular part of the world, but the principles apply everywhere education, networking, and expanding your horizons. Land isn't going anywhere. It's a limited resource. And if you buy it in the right places, there are awesome opportunities. It's also not liquid. So you can't just go sell it on the exchange like you can with stocks. So there's pros and cons. We think the pros way outweigh the cons. And uh, we might argue that for days. But uh, at the end of the day, you, you, you've spent some time getting educated in the stock market. Get educated in your local real estate market. Go and and see what's happening. Read reports. Talk to people that sell real estate, people that own real estate, other real estate investors. You know what? If you find a guy like Bob in your marketplace, guy's been investing for four, five, six, seven decades, and take him to lunch, you will get a wealth of information about real estate. Go talk to the, the mayor of your town. Go sit down and visit with somebody who makes loans to real estate developers or somebody who works in, in the, the rental industry. That's you know. So, so start and just be a sponge for information. It'll lead you all kinds of great places. And thanks uh, for listening from such a far away place. Our next question uh, comes from Susanna. And uh, she says, I listened to the conference call you did with uh, Ed Griffin. And uh, after listening, I was wondering what a Canadian citizen should do prepare myself and my family we're in a tough situation where we have a lot of debt and no savings except in our rrsps well that's a retirement account a registered retirement savings plan is what it's that type of account is called in canada there's a lot of regulations about it, only certain things you can invest in but that's where they have their retirement savings um, our house is nowhere near paid off plus we have two credit cards we owe twenty seven thousand dollars canadian dollars uh, I get very nervous. What is your advice? All right. Well, we don't have advice. We have some information, though, from uh, Winnipeg is where Susanna's from. So uh, first of all, I guess we should really quickly talk about the call. We were invited to be on a conference call with the G. Edward Griffin, who was a guest on our show uh, a few months back, wrote The Creature from Jekyll Island, and he did a call uh, to his world, his uh, followers, if you will, and Russ and I were on it, and Wayne Palmer and Ken McElroy were talking about the, what's going on in the in the economic world and what you can do about it. Well, I think the, the gist of the call again, coming from Griffin's perspective, is that the Fed and the printing of money is going to eventually lead to inflation. And and what is that going to do? How do you adopt to that? And so uh, we shared some thoughts and strategies on how to do that. And most of that revolved around real estate, which we think is the ideal investment for that type of an environment. So really, your question comes down to how do I do that if I don't have any money? Right. And that's, you know, we, we've covered that, you know, in the, in the previous calls, but it's exactly the same thing. Get educated, find ways outside of the four financial areas and time, talent, relationships and learn to leverage those to get yourself in a position to 
to acquire assets that go up as a result of inflation. Incomes go up as a result of inflation, where you get to lock in low-cost debt for the long term and pay it back with uh, devalued dollars later on. We'll have a little more when we come back and take a couple more questions. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio Network. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Hi, I'm Steve Forbes. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Are you ready to make 2011 a thing of the past? What if there was a time-tested way to ensure that 2012 is your best year yet? The most successful people in life set goals and keep themselves accountable. But how? The good news is that it's not rocket science. You, too, can learn the skills and unleash the motivation that will create success in your life. And now is the time. Hi, this is Robert Helms, and I'd like to personally invite you to attend Creating Your Future, the 2012 Goals Retreat, January 6th to 8th in beautiful Aptos, California on the Monterey Bay. This unique weekend event has been called phenomenal, inspirational, and life-changing by the hundreds of people that have attended. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com and click events, or call 888-489-7723, extension 18. Get your life back on track physically, spiritually, and financially. Attend the 2012 Goals Retreat on the first weekend of the new year. Click events at realestateguysradio.com. This is no dress rehearsal. Live the life you were meant to. Visit realestateguysradio.com or call 888-489-7723, extension 18, today. Have you ever been frustrated with your bank? Denied a loan? Charged excessive fees? Hassled over late payments? Don't worry, you're not alone. What if you could become your own bank? Set your own terms. Interest would be paid to you. All your monthly payments could be reused for other purchases. Now you can. There is a cash management system that families, business owners, and investors have used for decades, which allows you to be the bank. For a free article from our friends at Paradigm Life, visit www.beyourbank.com or call us at 1-888-510-6838, extension 116. I'm Jordan Goodman, author of Master Your Debt, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to the Christmas edition of the Real Estate Guys radio program. It's Ask the Guys, your questions. And Susanna from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, asked us a question about uh, what you can do to get yourself uh, prepared for what may be coming in terms of uh, the crisis in the uh, currency and, and all those things. Uh, and, uh, and really, I think the education's huge. And Bob, you're about to make a great point. Just a simple one. When you own real estate, inflation is not your enemy. Yeah. Inflation can be your friend if you own real estate and you and you buy it right. So and the other thing is that, you know, already you're doing it, Susanna. You're paying attention, right? You're listening to our show, you're listening to what Mr. Griffin talks about. You're you've got to educate yourself. It's not all about capital. Sometimes people with a lot of money make the dumbest decisions. And it's because they are busy off doing whatever it takes to earn that kind of money. You have this period of a life where you're a little bit nervous. It's good to be nervous. I would be nervous right now and turn that energy into learning. Yeah, it makes you hungry. I mean, you know, you, you're hungry for the answers. You're hungry for information. And the thing is, you have to know where to go to get that stuff. And a lot of that is not going to come from traditional sources because right. traditional education in every country is designed to funnel people into paying taxes, 
into putting their money with the banks and into funneling money into the various paper assets, you know, exchanges like the stock market, Wall Street, they're easily manipulated. And what you want to do is you want to get to things that are tangible, that are real, that are closer to home, that you can understand and control. Real estate clearly fits into that category. And then the other big thing for everybody out there, which of course we're preaching to the choir because people are listening to this type of show, but take it to the next level. Don't just listen to people talk about it, but go where they are and spend time, get around the best and brightest minds. I mean, you know, when we do the summit every year, for me, that is, that's exactly what the name implies. It's a summit. And this year with Mark, I mean, with Robert and Kim, I don't know where Mark came from, with, with Robert and oh, we got a guy Kim named Mark and Wayne, yeah. just all, all the people that we have coming, I mean, the opportunity to have dinner with them and to sit around and go to classes and be around 150 other people from 13 different countries, all having different ideas, different perspectives, telling about what they've done in their market, what works, what doesn't work. It, it's there's no way to explain it, but you it, nobody's going to come over to your house and bring that kind of experience to you. You've got to go seek it out. Yeah, you got to make an investment, but the first and best investment always is in your mind and in your relationships. Because if you invest your time in developing talent and relationships, the four things you lack financially: cash, cash flow, equity, and credit. You can go barter for using those other three. You know, we were just talking at the break, and uh, I think one of the things we'll do is uh, we'll make that call available again. This was a, a, about an hour long conference call. Great stuff. Uh, we had a chance to be on this call with G. Edward Griffin, and uh, he is coming on the summit with us. If you want to sit down and have dinner with the man, you can do that if you come on the summit at sea. And uh, it's he's never been on a cruise, and it's going to be a great environment. Just getting G well, Ed, and uh, and Robert Kiyosaki together is going to be awesome. They've never met. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki endorses his book, and uh, Ed's a big fan of Robert's, but they've never actually met, talked on the phone a few times. Uh, he actually, uh, Mr. Griffin, was on a, a speakerphone at a big event Robert did, but they've never met, and they're going to meet on our summit at sea, so we're excited about that. Uh, but if you're interested in hearing that call, uh, we'll make that available to you. So just send us an email to Griffin Call. That's G R I F F I N. Griffin Call at realestateguysradio.com, and we'll send you a link. So if you want to hear it, uh, and the, the, the thing is, it wasn't a real estate guy's call. It, it was his call, and so it, it spoke kind of in some language, and it assumes most people have read his book, those kind of things. But if if you're interested in, in this kind of stuff, and what do you do if the market turns really bad? There's some interesting interesting things that come up, and of course, having Kenny McElroy and Wayne Palmer on the call was uh, was awesome. Awesome too, and Ed's coming on the on the summit. And so a big part of this was, hey guys, we're all going to come on the summit. Come with us. Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, he he's anti-Fed. He he doesn't like the Fed. He doesn't like the Federal Reserve System. Uh, I sympathize in a lot of ways, but to me, it doesn't matter. What you have to ask yourself is, is what's going on more or less likely to produce inflation? And if inflation truly happens, how do you position yourself not to be victimized by it, but benefit from it? And that's really what the gist of the call was about. But again, big brains on the call, uh, and and you know, we got a lot of great positive feedback about it so uh, hopefully you really enjoy it yep all right our uh, next question now this is one that you probably thought i wasn't going to put on here but uh, i am based especially where we're talking about right now. this comes from mark in philadelphia he says uh hey guys i'm interested in coming on the summit once i come on board and take part are you going to upsell all of us and do you have an overview or daily schedule of the event Yes, we're going to sell you a $5,000 cruise so we can sell you a $25,000 boot camp and then a $100,000 home study 
No, that's <laughs> not the, the purpose. But this is a perfectly valid question. I personally have been to a lot of these free seminars and even the four ninety nine seminar where the whole two days is selling you more stuff. Well, I think the question underneath the question is, is this event in and of itself going to have value? I mean, any place you go, you go buy a car, they want to get you the service contract. They want to get you involved in their de- you know auto department. And every five years, they want you to come back and buy another car. That's just good business, you know, and you're coming because you're looking for information. What people can't stand is to get bait and switched. I, I'm being told I'm paying for education and then I'm trapped on this cruise ship and I'm being sold the whole time and I never get anything of value. Well, I can tell you this, Mark, uh, you know, and you could be the first person, but we've done this for nine years. And in nine years, we take surveys at the end on the last day and we ask everybody to give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We have yet to have anybody ever tell us that it wasn't beyond their expectations, totally worth the time and price. And the fact that we had 90% of the people on last year's summit sign up to come to the following year, this year, before they even knew Robert and Kim were coming or even really knew where we were going because it wasn't about the destinations. It wasn't about the ship. It was about the learning. It was about the networking. It was about the relationships. And it was about the focus of being in a total I hate to use the word immersion environment, but where you're totally immersed in the subject matter and really have that summit experience. And so uh, I, I'll sit here and tell you, you will absolutely get great value out of it. I, I, I can't imagine you wouldn't be happy. But yeah, are we going to tell you about a field trip coming up afterwards? Are we going to tell you about other seminars we do? Uh, will Robert Kiyosaki have books and things? Sure. Yeah, that's going to happen. But that's not the purpose of it. That is because people are hungry for more information and we make that available to them. But the purpose of the event is to provide education, networking, and opportunities for you to focus on this aspect of your life as a real estate investor. Here's what never happens at a real estate guy's event. There is no run to the back of the room today and today only. There is no hard sell manipulative techniques. There's no, you're the best audience we've ever seen and we've never gone this, none of that insulting stuff. There are things you can do. One of the guys coming on the cruise has amazing opportunities in brand new construction. So you know what? He's probably going to sell a dozen houses on the summit. You don't have to buy one. I'm I'm not gonna maybe buy one, right? But he's so there's stuff available. He will not be upselling you in any way. If so, we throw him overboard. Yeah, it's not our culture. Our culture is absolutely about doing the right thing and being in the right environment with the right people and not insulting their intelligence. Which I've never discounted this in the past. You're the nicest group I've ever seen. Yeah. So, so yeah, you probably heard a little bit of energy here on this topic. So just so you understand where we're coming from with all that, uh, we're, we're passionate about this event. We love what we're doing. We're extremely proud of it. Uh, not angry at the question at all. Great question. Valid question. Respect the question. That's why I'm a little to angry time to answer it. No, no, no. I know you're exactly right. It's it. Uh, go to our website and read, uh, just watch the testimonials. Yeah. 13 minutes of, of people who have been telling you why you should go. And there's not like we edited out the ones that said, no, this thing sucked, right? You're going to see everybody who sat in front of the camera give a testimonial and in their own words explain what it is. So this wasn't supposed to turn into a pitch for the summit, but why not? Come to the 10th <laughs> Annual Investor Summit at Sea. What a great holiday gift. Uh, before the year's out, make sure you know. Here's the thing. Uh, all the details are on our website at realestateguysradio.com under Summit. We'd love to have you. I will be at the summit. And you know what? If, if these amazing people who have so much other information to provide, if you... 
disallowed them to tell me about what they did. I'd be insulted about that. Yeah, good point. All right, great questions. we got a whole bunch more to answer. Sorry, we'll do another one. We'll do another Ask the Guys, so get your questions in. Keep them coming. Love the questions. We'll have a chance to do that in the new year. You hear about this way that we're going to be getting uh, those out to you even uh, more uh, frequently because we love to answer people's uh, uh, questions. Hey, coming up the first weekend of the year, January 6th, 7th, and 8th in uh, Bonneray Bay Area, we've got uh, our Goals Retreat, Creating Your Future, a very, very unique event to get clarity in your future and really create an outstanding life for yourself. I would strongly urge you to look at the information on our website about creating your future. I'd love to see you there uh, at that event. Thanks to Chathan, our engineer. Thanks to our uh, incredible uh, panelists today, including all of you that submitted questions, whether we answered them or not. And uh, have a happy, happy holiday season and a happy new year. We'll see you next week, New Year's Day, on the Real Estate Guys radio program. We'll make some equity happen. This episode of the Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Texas Investor Homes, discover high-yield, low-risk, double-digit cash on cash returns through interim construction funding. Hassle-free cash flow investing, creating cash flow opportunities for real estate investors with brand new single-family homes in Dallas, Texas. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys radio show.